your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the torch because it's summer time. Welcome to the Crack Cellar. As the prophecy was once touched in a naughty place. I'm Two-Spirit Penguin Daniel. Caster Nichols. And today, Broadcaster Nichols wants to tell us about his plans to appear on The Masked Singer and then run for governor of California. Only way I'm going to be on The Masked Singer is if I get a blackface DMX. <laughs> Rest in peace. Broadcaster Nichols, as you know, there is a new zombie game coming, and it takes place on Christmas. Is it is that all you got? <laughs> is it an MMORPG? Is it a dating sim? Your thoughts, man. It's uh, it's a pretty sad time to live in right now. But if someone came up to me and asked, or said that it was a dating sim or part dating sim, I'd actually be more intrigued because, well, at least when people are making a dating sim, they're actually making a dating sim and they're not lying to you. Like most people use the term MMO, you know, these days. <laughs> I actually had a genuine conversation with someone about destiny the other day on the old social media and everyone the was old. throwing people are actually throwing around the term mmo fps action looter shooter like seriously like they actually thought that destiny qualified as an mmo and mm. i just i kind of made a side jest and they were like it is though and i'm like but it isn't though like look up what an mmo is it doesn't meet any of the criterias besides being online, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, sure, it's an online game, but it's not massive, nor is it really multiplayer. Like you're talking like at least it's not massively multiplayer. Not even it's right. Reg- it's regularly multiplayer. And maybe at that nowadays, because PDE is the only real thing that's happening and PVP is, I mean, a joke. But anyways, it's just like. To go full circle, when I see people use the term MMO, I, it's, a, it's more than one red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell from the trailer exactly what it was. It's clearly a survival game, but it was unclear to me how much of a focus the PvP was as opposed to just, you know, fighting zombies, because everything I saw was just fighting zombies and avoiding other humans i saw a lot of other humans appearing and then we're gonna run away now but i never actually saw a pvp fight and the vibe i was getting felt more like a cinematic single player game like the last of us that's what a lot of people have said that's why everyone kind of thinks it's fake like they're really scripted scenes you know and then it's called the day before right is that that's the name of it yeah, it's, that sounds like a fucking Justin Timberlake rom-com circa 2004. I, I always get the vibes of like 
the last of us and days gone you know it's like there's like these weird titles that all mean the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like these really emo titles it just implies it's like how it's like there was a a hat that you pulled that uh titles out of you know and the theme of the hat was I'm super emo without saying it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's what all those titles (laughs) suggest. Yeah. I don't know. Like in the latest one that just came out where they're in the house at the the farmhouse, then they, they got through by going through the wheat field. Uh, When the quote unquote other group of players come in with the cop car. And the uh, I thought I that was a little weird. Why would you have a cop car with a siren going in a zombie apocalypse? That seemed very well, it's probably, odd. What they, it's probably what they could find, you know. I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't but put why it past with the siren crazy song? players, but it was just the way that it was executed. Like, there's just it just seemed like they were purposely not gonna let them come into contact with each other just because. Maybe they don't have the gameplay fleshed out or the PvP fleshed out all the way, but it was just really weird the way they mani- like purposely manipulate the scene to make it make people looking at this movie or this trailer be like, "Oh, this is what the game's going to be like." When in reality, it's not at all. Like real humans would have pushed hard on that house and fucking if they actually knew you were in there and just raided you immediately, or you guys would have panicked. And you wouldn't have acted like you knew what you were doing, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like they like they all acted like super calm and snuck out the back and even like came into real close eyesight with these people where I was really questioning how they didn't see them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And they go into that bunker and you hear like a, a girl crying in the distance or whatever. And then it ends on that mysterious note. And I'm just kind of sitting here like, okay, what is this game exactly? Like, is there going to be a cutscene where you save some random NPC and like she was in a dungeon because her stepdad decided to put her there or something at the end of days? Like, I don't, it's, I don't know. The, I got weird, weird vibes from, from what I saw from it. I don't really know what to make of the game, but I'll say this. The graphics look fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what kind of worries me though, is because these games have, always been attempted and at way way lower resolution right and they still were super buggy and limited so another reason why it seems like this might be a bait and switch because exactly yeah like those level of graphics you expect that to be in a game that's a single player cinematic you know game not a massively multiplayer online game yeah, the only thing I can think of that they're do they're gonna do is this would be really cool to see is like have a map set up kind of like Tarkov, which I'm not sure you're familiar with or not, but there's these different sections of the whole Escape from Tarkov map that you spawn into at different time zones, and if they kind of like took that with a progression PVE or PvP VE storyline esque gameplay where it was all on an active sandbox and everyone moves on to an active or different active chunk of the sandbox as the storyline progresses, you know, so it gives the asset, you know, you, it gives you the feeling of being in this giant evolving world, kind of like how a destiny does it. Yeah. Like an illusion of being in a big world when you're really not, you're kind of just in the small 
instance of a giant world. I'll never forget the time you told me that there's only six people on a planet at a time, or what? Was no, that one? it's Eight? nine. It's nine. nine, I think. Yeah. Whatever. Either way, yeah. I was. I was. My mind was blown. I was thinking the whole time, like, <laughs> well, they called an MMO, so there must be, you know, at least fifty people per planet, right? No. no. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's what I was saying, dude. Like, it's such a. It's not even loosely used. It's just egregiously used <laughs> like yeah. they're not even trying to use it pro- the term properly right they, and the biggest uh instance of that game you have groups of six people that's it that's as big as that game gets and i think that's in one pvp variant and one pve variant uh, raids mm-hmm. specifically yeah they're definitely really loosey-goosey with that term now. And uh, with this type of game, with the day before, if it's really going to be about PvP, you would expect you would need... I mean, depending on map size, this is assuming the map size is pretty small. You need like 100 people for it to actually well, yeah. feel like a real why it's, it's supposed to be. That's why it seems super sus that only two people show up and it seems super scripted. You mm-hmm. know, like, where's everybody else at? Yeah. Like, is that what the gameplay really feels like? It's going to be, are these maps so big that you barely see anybody? And when you do, you take high caution? Or is this just a really scripted moment and you didn't want to show off the rest of the map or features or... You're hiding. So it felt just the trailer felt like they were hiding something. Yeah. That's the main point. <laughs> Definitely, I I kind of get the feeling that uh, it's only going to be a few teams, and it's going to be more like a hunt showdown in terms yeah. of map size and the amount of players actually in the map at a given time. I'm yeah. guessing four teams. I don't know. I think it's going to be more RPG esque because hunt showdown is. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, I mean, you could be right in the aspect of like the game that everyone plays, but this game does have like permanent characters that you loot and you're constantly taking it back in. So I I wonder yeah, what that really would look like. I don't know. These games are so confusing and they're so nebulous on purpose nowadays. Yeah. It's one of those genres that just hasn't been perfected yet either. Like, I really, really think that a good MMO that was basically a Walking Dead MMO RPG could be killer if it was done correctly. But it just never has been. And I question whether it ever will be at this point. Yeah. But just like the... I mean, not not so much new Walking Dead, but like, you know, the, the prime Walking Dead, like seasons one through four or whatever, the good seasons. Back then, the way that that show worked, you could just imagine going through the machinations in an online persistent world in that exact same fashion. And, you know, like just coming upon a group of survivors that are led by the governor or whatever, who has floating zombies in his fish tank. You're just like, man. That would be sick to do that in a video game where you're you're meeting some new friends and you're like they're players and you're like oh cool let's join forces yeah let's let's be on the same side and then you go into dude's crib and you know he's he's got some pet zombies in there and he's got people in the basement and imagine as a new player your first the first place you find is terminus and like you're yeah. like oh shit they're cannibals and you try to escape <laughs> and you're like you gotta make a new character because you gotta eat <laughs> exactly exactly it's. <laughs> 
it would just be really cool if they could pull it off, but it's just it always ends up being this really kind of thin game. Like these zombie survival games always end up being super thin, super uh the way I'd put it is a mile wide and an inch deep. It just never quite hits it correctly and lots of technical issues. I don't know what it is about zombie survival games, but they all seem to just be riddled with technical issues. Uh yeah. Ah, but uh, on that note, Broadcaster Nichols, something that is sure to not be a technical issue is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Are you ready to get to our preview? Is that a joke? <laughs> I would never joke about Ghostbusters 3. Too soon? Is it about the existence and the struggle of women? <laughs> Isn't everything. <laughs> What's that? You want more crack seller? <laughs> this is good. Join your lords on Twitter at the crack seller and Facebook.com slash the crack seller. Hey, you over there. Are you a straight up Chad or a strong woman? Well, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcasting app. Or, if you're a straight-up beta cuck, find us on YouTube with the rest of the Cloud Chasers. And we're back with our preview of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Afterlife! Broadcaster Nichols. Yes. Let's let's just open this up with the question that's on everyone's mind. Is Ghostbusters already dead? What? <laughs> is this is this going to be a teenage drama? Like is this going to be about <laughs> the kids and the like the actual Ghostbusters are going to be in it for like 5 minutes? What do you think? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I just. I I think you're absolutely correct. I think this is going to be a coming of age. I didn't know my father <laughs> type shit. Slash let's use old white successful men's careers as a stepladder for all these younger kids in a format that's. Uh, Ghostbusters was not a kids like it was a kids movie, but it wasn't starring kids. Like, I don't understand this inability of Hollywood nowadays to use something that is already established an IP that's already been established, like the Ghostbusters franchise and not have one failure, but now going to have two failures. I can guarantee it. No existing ghostbusters fan or any anybody that's like you know i don't really like the old ghostbusters but i could go watch a new new modern age one no those people don't exist okay so the only people <laughs> that want to go watch ghostbusters are old fans and they refuse to do any fucking justice to the franchise first it was an all-female ghostbusters group just because right it wasn't it wasn't even like honoring the old movies it was just like a reboot and then when it failed flat on their face there was outrage right 
And then they're like, don't worry, we got this. We're going to make a new one that's totally going to honor it. And it's like now a fucking kids coming of age story. Like, what is this? None of yeah. this is Ghostbusters, all right? Like, no. And that line where they're in the trailer where he's just like, oh, your parents didn't tell you this? It was like Walking Dead in New York. It's like, uh, fucking Christ. There was a reference to the Walking Dead in that trailer before there was really any reference, real reference to Ghostbusters itself. Yep. Like, it, it just blew my mind. Yeah. It, <laughs> the only adult in the movie seems to be Paul Rudd, even though according to my Intel, the entire living cast of ghostbusters is in this movie. But to what extent is the question? Because man, Oh man, this trailer and everything just based off the trailer. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like they're going to be a cameo. Like they're going to be in it for five. No minutes, doubt. And that's sad. Like I was really hoping it would be, at worst half and half like it would be half the movie focuses on the real ghostbusters and the other half with oh we're gonna be the new ghostbusters you know the the stranger things kid and the nerdy girl who's vankman's daughter i guess or grandchild whatever clearly she's a vankman uh, oh yeah for sure that's i think both of them i think it's vankman's daughter and son yeah it's 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 clearly that they're passing the mantle to kids and they're going to be kid ghostbusters and whatever. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who is a uh, Vankman's uh, Bill Murray's character? Yeah. Isn't it? No. Who's the, who's the smart one with the glasses? E, uh, Egon. Uh, yeah. Egon. Yeah. Egon. I think the girl is Egon's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I, I forget exactly. I haven't watched the, the original trailer in a, a long time. I think it came out yeah. last year. It was a long, it was last summer. Yeah. It's been a minute. Uh, but yeah, it's clearly that these are kids and they're probably the kids of the original ghostbusters. And, uh, sad that Egon's dead. Harold Ramis yeah. is dead. It'd be really cool to have him in the movie, but I don't know, maybe depending on how this movie goes, maybe it's best. He wasn't in it. Maybe, maybe yeah. his legacy will stand a little taller. Uh, I've seen comments from, bill murray that are all negative so far they're not really negative about the movie itself but his experience filming it which also kind of makes me worry like on one hand his complaints mean that he actually had to do some real work in his role he didn't just (laughs) show up on camera for two seconds but on the other hand the way he's critical of it and whatnot it's just that's interesting he's critical on it i mean i wonder how much contractually he's actually obligated to be in the movie i don't know but typically when you're actually like because that movie is supposed to when did he make these comments because i mean this movie was recently come out like july 2020 so it's been a long time since it was supposed well you know bill murray he he vanishes off the earth for 10 months a year and then he just pops back up at someone's bar mitzvah or something and then disappears again i would do if i had (laughs) money (laughs) but but yeah, he he was basically just saying that it was really a pain in the ass to film, and he didn't have fun doing it, and it, it, he it made him rethink why he even is an actor. Like all the all these kind of weird comments where he wasn't being critical of the movie itself, but the experience he had doing it, it, it just kind of sets a weird tone right off the bat. Like it, the juju's going the the bad direction. It feels like right off the bat, and uh, I don't know. I I just don't. 
is Paul Rudd going to be a Ghostbuster? Like, what is who the fuck is Paul Rudd in this movie? Like, what is he? Is he just like the uh, intermediary dude, between the kids and the adults? Relief. He's comedic relief because here's the thing: none of these. <laughs> I'm just going to go on a rant about the degradation <laughs> of art here, but it's just like it all sucks. It, it like it all sucks. What have we been playing for the last year and a half? What have we been playing? Warzone. And it's terrible. It fucking is terrible. And there's nothing else to play. Not one thing else to play. Same thing with TV, television, dude. Like Resident Alien, Alien which we're going to review next episode, is a good show. Don't get me wrong. But like, like as I was ta- like thinking over the show, I'm just like, I think it's, why do I not like television shows? And then... I'm thinking about some of the tropes this this particular series did. I'm like, all the television shows do those tropes, you know. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, man, it's all this shit. Just it, it's all so terrible. It's like <laughs> anything that comes out is like wrapped around this cage of suck nowadays, where you're you could just see where they. <laughs> I'm just gonna give one hint. All right, one hint. There's a particular character. It's a little girl in Resident Resident Alien. Okay. And there's a scene where she's riding a bike and her hijab cape or whatever. Well, that's exactly what they try to frame it as. It blows in the wind and it starts like swinging like a cape. And it's just like, what was that? <laughs> it was like 10 seconds. It's, just, it's this weird shit where things get shoved down your throat. And mm-hmm. you're just like, this isn't actually about the entertainment anymore. No. You know, it's, a, and it's like it's systemic in everything now. It really is. It just. Yeah. And I think going back to Ghostbusters and you look at Paul Rudd, he is the crutch in this movie. You can already tell he's going to be the comedic comedic crutch in this movie because anyone that's worth a damn from the old Ghostbusters is so old or maybe pissed and doesn't even want to be a part of the movies anymore. Like example, Bill Murray, that in what are the kids going to do? None of these kids are actually funny. Like, and I'm what sorry. is it with Stranger Things? Are the Stranger Thing kids like the only child actors in Hollywood now? I swear to God, they're just, exactly. It's just them, and like they're. It's almost like they're inventing there are shit no. just to for these kids to have roles. Name other child actors that are worth a damn other than the Stranger Thing kids right now. Yeah, think I can't about think that. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's just that it's just it's what I'm talking about earlier. There's no up and coming. There's no good shit in the art department to look forward to, you know, it's just sad. It is sad. sad. It is sad. What's also sad is the CG effects look just like the ones from the Wamen Ghostbusters reboot. (laughs) Eerily similar. Another bad juju moment. I dude, how much you want to bet? I'll make you a bet right now that not one, but all of them, all the female Ghostbusters make a cameo in this movie. They're gonna. They're gonna. Are you connect. kidding? Yeah, I think you. you I oh. bet you. I bet you they're gonna connect the universe. It probably won't be towards the end. Maybe even a post-credit scene. Right? That will be the post-credit scene all the fans deserve. Right? A connection to the female reboot. <laughs> it's that sinister. It has oh, to be man. true. Right? And you're just. You know, that's how bad I get the feeling this movie is gonna be, because they think that's a good idea. Well, you know? that's a that's a crackpot theory. I'm really hoping doesn't come true because that would just be an ultimate slap in the face for them to do that. 
Whoa. The whole reason this movie's being made is because of how bad the female reboot was. No one liked it. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Everything, everything. It sucks because I don't want to say everything female leads and starring is garbage because it's not. There's obviously like great examples of female leads out there, like Scarlett Johansson is Black Widow. You've used old examples like uh, Sigourney Weaver is Ripley in Aliens. Um, you know, I'm, I'm missing some other ones, but uh, what's her name in Terminator? Sarah Connor. I forget her name. Yeah. Uh, um, but and not in the new Terminator movie, because in the new Terminator movie, Sarah Connor is not good. <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless. Oh <laughs> yeah, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And I think that it's sad that the best female characters in movies almost all are exclusively in the past. Like in the time where everything was so bad and sexist, that's where Sigourney Weaver's like S tier performance in the alien alien and aliens comes from like literally the, one of the greatest female protagonists of all time but oh god, everything was so horrible back then and sexist. And so why did aliens a happen? Female beat the Queen Alien, a female beat the T one thousand. Let's be real here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking sad. It's it's really sad that now we have horrible female characters in the name of feminism and making more stuff available to women in Hollywood. It's like more isn't always better. We used to have better. I want to get back to better. Let's get let's go in that direction again. Yeah, well, I think anything that usually implies that the ones that came before somehow had it easier or just because who they were, they made good movies is just disrespectful and ugly. And I think that type of energy you bring into your movies, it's just karma when they fucking suck. Mm hmm. That's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, what does does Ivan Reitman's son taking the reins on this movie make you feel better or worse about it? I mean, I don't really have a strong comment about that, just because I don't know who that guy is really. But I will say that no matter well, he's the original creator of ghostbusters ivan reitman is so his i know son who, is making no i know who ivan reitman is i don't know about son but I, i'm guessing was a writer of movies before this i think he's done some stuff but i think i don't think that he's like yeah. super big right now so i think this is kind of one of those things where he's gonna try and use this to become big and that's what you should that's red flag yeah well it's a red flag but it also there's a, it's a double-edged sword because he does have a lot of incentive to try and make this movie good because he, it, it's going to be incredibly tough for him to le get out of the shadow of his dad. So like the odds of him being able to make a better Ghostbusters movie are almost zero. Well, I mean, yeah, that kind of contradicts itself, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, like if you want to get out of the shadow of your dad, the last thing you do is try to make his, mm -hmm what made him famous better <laughs> but, you know, on the other hand it's like he he must have a really good fucking idea to come out with this because he knows the criticism and the scrutiny this is going to go under is a brinks truck in your driveway <laughs> an idea <laughs> uh there's the if writing it is, then, yeah you're right <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll say that the writing didn't seem too bad in the trailer. There's a few lines that I thought were funny, like when at the very end of the trailer, when they have the uh, the Ecto one, and the kid's like, "It has a gunner seat." Like the, I thought that was the the line was you know decent decently written line, but like the kid actor who said it, I liked his delivery. <laughs> it it kind of. It felt legitimate, like he really was like, God damn, this fucking car from the 50s has a fucking gunner seat. Like, that surprise in his voice. I, I that thought that was good. That he was a true COD player, and he was feeling the pain <laughs> of the whole player base when he was just like, finally, a fucking gunner seat. <laughs> so, okay, so let's just get this our, our prediction on this out fully. Who are the actual Ghostbusters in this movie? Will it be the OGs? Will it be the kids or will it be Paul Rudd and his drinking buddies? Like, who are the Ghostbusters in this movie? I I think this is going to be Bill Murray. Because when I remember when looking at the IMDb, he was the only one on the the cast. Oh, no, 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 no. They're all all in it, except for the the obvious uh, exception of our dead friend. It's they've all talked about it publicly. Like, they're all in it. We just don't know how much. So maybe Bill Murray has a bigger role than the other two. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. Just based on what I saw in the trailer, there's a str- put it this way. If they had any gold, any gold mm-hmm. moments with the original cast that why aren't they in the trailer? <laughs> exactly. That why haven't they been in either one of the trailers, the movie's a year overdue almost now, right? It's not like they could be holding too much close to the chest. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just based on the two trade, the little, what do you call it? Teaser with Paul Rudd, which and I actually thought trailer. was way better than the trailer itself. Like that little yeah. teaser was way better. But that's just an example. The direction of the cut of the trip, that teaser, right? Like whoever did, whoever cut that teaser together, just, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Because they know what people that want to watch Ghostbusters like. Like the Stay yep. Puff Marshmallow Man. Seeing that Stay Puff Marshmallow army was adorable and dope. Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> I loved how it started out all nice and then fucking bit his finger like that. <laughs> it was a great touch. And then the, the direction of that teaser was spot on OG Ghostbusters. I don't know if you noticed that, but like the framing of the picture the camera yep. work, the soundtrack, everything about it was 100% OG style Ghostbusters. And it, it, I don't know if that makes me more hopeful or not, because it's like, why wasn't the original trailer like that? Is this just an attempt to be like, we know that you're afraid of that trailer, but he- here, let, 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 we want you to go to the theater and, you know, give us money. So we're going to give you this little 50 second teaser that promises something you're never going to get. The thing is, is like, sometimes I wonder, like, why, why Hollywood approaches these IPs like this? Because it's like, again, Ghostbusters for a certain demographic of people, some people might call it the cis white male group. And I mean, a majority of it is, but nonetheless, it's like, you got to kind of embrace that and just make a movie for what it is. What do you gain? from making a Ghostbusters movie that pivots into a universe or caters to a younger generation. It's not hip. 
it's not like you're not going to gain anything. The probability of you of a new generation adopting an old uh, the just the previous generation's material is very slim to none. Usually the next generation and I say usually I mean 99.999% of the time it's the exact opposite. They don't want to be anything like the previous generation. So it's it's really weird to try to take like Star Wars for instance is a great example of going as they say go woke go broke you know it's it's just why what do you gain there is nobody out there that's younger than i'd say 20 right now maybe 19 that give a fuck about star wars mm-hmm. I, I just guarantee it it's like when i grew up you know and uh someone coming up to me imagine if the internet was around when i was super young and there were people arguing about looney tunes with my generation right <laughs> they're just like looney tunes is fucking awesome you guys just don't understand it you with your cartoon network and your fucking ed ed and eddie and stuff it's just it it just it's preposterous <laughs> i just don't give a fuck about it all right yeah. and if you made if you came at me and you said i'm making some expanded looney tune universe i'd be say i'd say cool have fun with that (laughs) and and this is the real mistake that these companies are making it's what they're trying to do is they're trying to get a new audience they want to get their franchise another life basically so they think if we can make a ghostbusters movie with kids all the kids will love it and then we'll have a new generation of ghostbusters (laughs) lovers and we'll be able to milk this shit for another 30 years like we just got done doing the problem is it doesn't work like that Kids, anymore, kids don't like movies that are made for them. They like movies that are made for adults. That yep. is the bottom line. When I was a little kid, I didn't fucking like movies made for little kids. I liked the shit I wasn't supposed to watch. And that was including Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters had an edge to it. Like, you know, kids watched it and it wasn't like rated R or anything. But movies back then had an edge to it even when they kind of were kid adjacent now it's so sanitized and so disney everything is the kids are just like i don't i'm not interested in this bullshit like you're just saying like it's preposterous yeah so ghostbusters afterlife it's gonna be absolutely great i'm i'm still (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) We never got your official prediction. Do you think it's the, who are the Ghostbusters in Ghostbusters Afterlife? Do you think it's the OGs or do you think it's the kids? I think it's both. I think, but yeah, I think the primary team is going to be this new young Goonies type uh, team of kids, probably. And you don't you don't think Paul Rudd's going to be a Ghostbuster? Nah, uh, maybe, but I feel like. If either of those kids are an actual Ghostbusters, because they put the suits on in the trailer and, mm-hmm. and, and they get the car, I feel like a grown man like Paul Rudd hanging out with a bunch of kids in a car like that is kind of bad look. Yeah, yeah, it's just like I don't know if anyone's going for that. <laughs> I don't even know if Paul Rudd wants to be about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to say, but I think I think that it's gonna just basically be the kids. I have a feeling. That we're going to get one scene with the original Ghostbusters, and then the whole rest of the movie is going to be the kids. And that's oh, very sad. 
Would not doubt it. And uh, <laughs> on that note, do you think that the Marshmallow Man actually is in this movie, or was this was this teaser purely just a cheap marketing gimmick to get old school fans in that they know that they lost from that trailer? Do you think the Marshmallow Man in any form will be in the actual movie? Yeah, I think that that segment's actually in the oh, in you the think movie. it probably won't is? be? Yeah, I, I bet you it won't be exactly like that because again. Are you sure? Because the director thought, of that teaser is not the same person that directs the movie. So yeah. it might be it's like, but that that event is going to play out in one way or another in a grocery store. You, you think might not so? see it from the same angles. I, yeah, for sure. I don't know for sure, because I noticed that Paul Rudd was noticeably older in the teaser. If you compare what he looked like in the trailer to what he looked like in the teaser, it looked like he aged three or four years. Interesting. I I could have swore that they actually just filmed that teaser scene, like recently, just based off oh, the I mean, way Paul Rudd looked. Sure. I mean, when your movie gets delayed, well... I'm not even sure when they shot this day, movie. Yeah. Well, in the initial release date was July, which means in 2020. So it means if they actually finished it and were on track and, and they were only going to release it in movie theaters and COVID... Fuck that up. That means this movie has been sitting and baking for quite some time, which I guess one of the benefits of that is you get to think about your finished product and go back to the drawing board. If you have the time, money and budget too. maybe. Well, I don't know. <laughs> if, if they did any reshoots, they've kept a nice lid on it because I haven't heard any word on any reshoots on this. Yeah, movie. But who, well, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be my argument. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, and, and who gives a is fuck? Is anyone, like, who's, is anybody, <laughs> so, I mean, sorry, bro, but is anybody, like, in the bushes, like, looking at what studio's making this movie? Paramount, WB, whoever the fuck's making it, like, someone with their binoculars, and they're just like, who's on the fucking set of Ghostbusters Afterlife today? Oh, shit, they're doing reshoots, call TMZ. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's... You have to be like a bimbo in Hollywood to get that type of publicity, and the movie still sucks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this all kind of naturally leads to the final question I want to ask before we uh, close up our preview here, and that is, why not just call this Ghostbusters 3? Why did they decide to give it a... They claim this movie is a sequel, a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2, and that this movie completes a trilogy. That is a quote. What? So, yes. So why in the hell did you call it Ghostbusters Afterlife like it's a reboot or like an offshoot of some sort? A spinoff? That's what a subtitle implies is it's some sort of spinoff. But it's not. It's supposedly Ghostbusters 3, but they don't call it Ghostbusters 3. I find that to be very intriguing. Why? Think of the response it would have got if they just called it Ghostbusters 3 instead of Ghostbusters Afterlife. There would probably be two to three times more hype starting off, just baseline, without even doing crunching any numbers. Like, just a free 3x hype boost to them leading into this movie because Ghostbusters three sounds so much better than Ghostbusters afterlife to someone that grew up watching the first two. And you know, a lot of people talk shit about oh. Ghostbusters two. I thought it was, I, I didn't think it was the best or worst movie of all time. It has a really 
really cool moments with that creepy museum guy and uh, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, I don't know if you remember yeah. that movie or not, oh, but yeah. like that oh, guy yeah, with his like though? Austrian, yeah, with his Austrian <laughs> accent, like that was. I love, I love that creepy ass motherfucker. And to to say Ghostbusters three in my mind because I grew up with the first two, it it strikes a chord within me that makes me think of the first two, and it makes me think of the this new one as like an actual Ghostbusters movie. But when I see Ghostbusters Afterlife, then I see this trailer, I'm just thinking this is like the female reboot, but with fucking kids this time. Oh, no doubt. So why do you think they chose not to call it Ghostbusters 3? Because they could have, easily. Why didn't they? Why did you think? Not, there's just not enough of the old movies to warrant it. I think it would backfire on him ultimately. I think the guy was probably it was probably a mitigation move. You know, he doesn't mm. want to. He wants hype. He wants people to think it's going to be better than the Ghostbusters female reboot or what was that called? Just Ghostbusters reboot. I think it was just called Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was supposed to be a reboot. I'm pretty sure it was a reboot. They literally yeah. just rebooted the same premise with with the reject female SNL cast. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I just, I, I think that that's probably, I mean, it just, that's all they wanted to do is just try to convince people that it wasn't going to be a continuation of the reboot, but it was going to be based in the old universe that everyone loves. But if they would have called it Ghostbusters three, I think they would have been in some hot water because they just yeah. don't, I mean, dude, even if they even if the whole cast could have been there and like agreed to doing a, a solid amount of material uh, scenes from the movie so the old squad could be together. It's just I mean, they're all old. No yeah. offense. It's like no one. I mean, not even hardcore fans really want to see, you know, those guys just, you know, not fitting into their suits like. You know, type yeah. of stuff. You know, I'm not saying that's literally they could all be in good shape or whatever. I'm just saying like that analogy, you know, it's like imagine getting a uh, Chris Evans. Imagine it's 20 the year 2060. Right. And <laughs> every there's like, you know, and everyone's like there's Marvel's having its like second wave of, of popularity in movies again. And people are like, you know, just how we got uh, what's her name that played Wonder Woman originally to come back for the new Wonder Woman eight nineteen eighty four or whatever. You know, like they'd get Chris Evans to come back for the Captain America cameo, and it's just like, it's just like it's so cringy. Like I just it's like stop, yeah. <laughs> don't force these people to come out. Don't w- fucking wiggle the fucking carrot in front of them, money, and just be like, if you if you come out for this cameo when you're in your prime, you know, and smile and pass the torch on. It'd be pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll say this, and this is going to be under the black don't crack file. Uh, Winston holds up very well. I totally still buy Winston as a Ghostbuster right now. Like this moment, he could easily play a Ghostbuster. The man still looks like he's like 45 or late 40s or something. Now you have a major point with Bill Murray. Bill Murray is starting to look a little decrepit. And it's sad. Like they really should have got sure. to Ghostbusters. I mean, Bill Murray's fucking old. Ten, yeah, ten <laughs> years he, ago, dude, he's like he's fucked hard for a long time, dude. Like you can't, you can't hate on the guy. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I'd probably look decrepit if I was living his lifestyle. <laughs> sure, sure. So, so I think really Ghostbusters three should have came out ten years ago before Harold Ramis died. It could have been, been a been great legit. idea. 
Just and, like Spaceballs uh, 2. Yeah, you know? Dude, the window is closing on Spaceballs 2 so closed. fast. No, it's, it's not. Closed. It's yeah. getting cl- it's getting Dude, close, but it's not closed no yet. Way. Can you imagine Spaceballs 2 being made right now? How could it be funny? The, well, How could it be funny? Well, I'll and just everything say... Everything you've seen, give me an example of how an old material like Spaceballs would be handled well, theoretically. Well, this is this is what the argument I'll make. Mel Brooks is still alive. Mel Brooks is still very set in his ways and is not going to make some fucking SJW remake of Spaceballs. There's no way in hell he would do that. Can All of the cast is alive right except now? for John Candy. The only person not alive from that original cast is John Candy. He's like 94 or something, right? Exactly, and that's why I say the window's closing fast. The second that man dies, the window is shut. So we have a couple years left. I don't know if it'll happen. I hear whispers about it every couple years, but yeah, who knows? Rick Moranis is out of retirement, apparently. He's open to doing it. He did an interview a couple I months ago. I in the face recently in New York City, yeah. and uh, it just kind of <laughs> opened my eyes. I was like, you know, uh, I get the fuck out of here. And it turns out New York is like a prison. They don't want to leave. So I need to make a little bit more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and bill pullman is a prolific actor still and he i just saw him in a show called the sinner which is like kind of like a neuer detective drama and he plays like this grizzled old detective and he is so awesome in that shit so he's still good to go the the, the daphne chick she's not really acting anymore but she's still alive i'm sure she'd do it if they said hey let's do this movie uh joan rivers is dead though i forgot about joan rivers so They'd have Rest to power John Rivers. Yeah, yeah. So the robot and John. Yeah, man, that sucks. That would be a pretty big hit to not have either of them in it. But this has nothing to do with Ghostbusters. So let's get let's get out of here. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, side thumb. What do you give this one? I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. <laughs> mm. I'm going to give it a wobbly side thumb just because of the teaser. If it were purely on the trailer, it would be a very firm thumbs down. But that teaser is probably a trick. But that teaser gives me a little hope. But uh, I think going forward, and I hope everyone adopts this slowly going forward, that anytime art-wise you see a copy be worried. Just be worried that these people are lazy and greedy because there's a 90% chance that's what's going on, if not higher, because there's no other reason to have a number two or insert old IP name with a new trendy subtitle or you know whatever it is, a video game or that. It just you know inherently it comes with laziness because why couldn't they just do make something as good or try to make something as good? And that's the key word, try. They don't want to try. They're afraid that they're not going to be as good as, go, as an example, Ghostbusters. You know, mm-hmm. So they latch on to an IP like Ghostbusters and they try to use their narrative or their, whatever their story is and just kind of warp it slightly to fit a Ghostbusters theme. Mm-hmm. So they can get the praise. Oh, you're such a great writer. You're not a great writer. <laughs> you latched on to something that was great. 
And speaking of latching on to something great, Broadcaster Nichols, are you ready to get to our review of Godzilla vs. Kong? Indeed. And we're back with our review of Adam Wingard's Godzilla vs. Kong. And the creator of this movie describes it as the following. The epic next chapter in the cinematic monsterverse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another. The fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong, with humanity caught in the balance. Broadcaster Nichols, how many monsterverse movies, quote-unquote, have you actually seen in your life, because I don't think you're a big fan of this genre, right? I, like, I think your experience with it is probably more in the Power Rangers universe than it is with actual monster movies, right? Like with the whole concept of giant monsters fighting and trampling over buildings. Uh, I mean, I saw some of like, forget the guy's name it's like harari or harari era godzilla is like when i was super young like 19 1980s godzillas hmm. and then i mean i barely remember them though I don't, i'm not a fan of them in any big way where i own them or watched them multiple times and then yeah. uh godzilla 2000 happened and that's what really put godzilla on the radar for me yeah yeah um, but that was kind of like the mark of a new era because Godzilla kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, even like the newest Godzilla from his previous one, Godzilla King of all monsters, he got bigger in this new one, Godzilla vs. King Kong. He is like 20, 30% bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've, they vary the sizes a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, so are you a fan of these in in general are you a fan of these types of movies the giant monster fighting each other type movies yeah for sure yeah always enjoyed oh yeah i'm not a crazy diehard fan what i'll say is that i was not a fan of them when i was little because the ones that i saw were like the old ones from the 60s or whatever like i remember watching the black and white king kong that took place in new york where he like hung from the building with like the blonde chick and swinging at the helicopters and everything. And I thought the effects were so corny. And this is a thing that really was big with me when I was a kid, when I watched old stuff, I really had no tolerance for shitty old effects from like sixties and seventies movies. I just, I I wasn't a fan of it. it. It just turned me off. And so I didn't really get into these movies until they started to get revamped in the 90s and the 2000s and everything. And then I kind of got into them more. But I will say I love the opening sequence of this movie a lot. I love the Mortal Kombat style tower progression clip in the intro where it just showed Godzilla murking one after another with like this little branching hierarchy getting to the very end where it's <laughs> him versus Kong and then that then the movie starts. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, I, I wish, honestly, the movie didn't have any any humans in it. <laughs> I wish it was, I wish they treated humans like ants more. You know, mm-hmm. like this movie is about gigantic monsters that could wipe humanity off the face of the earth in a matter of seconds. Well, not seconds, maybe days or wh- whatever, but you get what I'm saying. 
like to to display humanity as this such this pivotal key role just i mean for godzilla particularly for his movie it makes sense you know because they use him to fight like a brigade of different villainous monsters like king ghidorah or ghidorah yeah so it makes sense kind of in that way that the humans are kind of a focus in those movies because they play an actual pivotal role but like in movies where it's like godzilla versus king kong it's like why why do we got to write the humans in a into a pivotal role it's like can't we just let these two fucking gigantic icon iconic beasts just duke it out and have some awesome cgi and some fucking some uh what you know just some genius out there fighting sequences you know <laughs> it's not i mean it's not rocket science you don't need to have a a little girl set up in the movie you know to to be the key to communicating with kong mm. you don't you don't need to have godzilla smirk like he's like <laughs> he's like oh this is just a pissing match round one i win it's just like dude come on like you guys should be going for blood Mm-hmm. It's like the only reason you didn't fucking just do that and it was just round one goes to Godzilla fucking whatever is because there was humans on that ship and God forbid they kill any of their characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that was one of the reasons I did not like uh, the Godzilla movie from the early 2010s. Uh, I forget what it was called, but it it was like almost all human drama. Like, there was, like, weird family drama and shit in it. Like, I thought that in this movie, they did a decent job toning that down to the point where it didn't ruin the movie for me. Like it did in that older Godzilla movie. Older Godzilla movie? You talking about the just the last one? Not the Matthew was? Broderick one. The one that came after Matthew Broderick. I don't, I don't even remember. You're anymore. talking about the one that was supposed to be a throwback. Because Godzilla, the one with Matthew Broderick was Godzilla 2000. Right. And then, there was, and then there was, like, right after that, there was, like, this Godzilla throwback to, like, the 80s style. Well, the one, I don't, I don't think so. The one I saw, it, it was, like, fucking Party of Five with Godzilla in a couple scenes. It was really weird. I don't even, I don't even really remember it too well anymore, but I, I did not like it at all. I, f- I thought it was, like, around 2010. Is when I feel hmm. like I saw it, but I don't know. Either way, I I think that they did a decent job, but the whole B storyline with the uh, one of three child actors that exists right now, uh, the female Stranger Things actor, <laughs> uh, it was so bad. I can't even figure out why she was in this movie other than just for her to be in the movie. Like, yeah. There was absolutely no point. Like, if you really boil down the point of that entire B-plot, it was to get the beta cuck into the control room so he could dump coffee on a control that conveniently disabled Mecha Godzilla, which was I think, I so think the, stupid. The uh, kid, uh, the other kid, actually was the only saving grace of that storyline. <laughs> they kept, uh, you know what I'm talking about, though. The, the long hair. Uh yeah, he was in uh the Christmas Chronicles. With, he was also uh, Kurt Russell. 
He was the evil kid in Deadpool. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. But, uh, he, he I thought he was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of. I, I really thought I think that it's really funny that he basically saved he ends up in a very dumb way being the savior of the movie. He literally is the reason why Mecha Godzilla doesn't just destroy everything. And Stranger Things girl instead thinks some other dude right in front of him instead of thanking him at the very end. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, damn, dude. Classic fucking treatment of men today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this dude just fucking saved y'all. And you're just like literally have your fucking back of your head to him while you're thanking other people who barely did anything. It's just like. You know, what kind of reminded me of is that uh, iconic little short video of Prince Harry waiting for his girlfriend Megan, like coming down <laughs> this like carpet event, and he's like he has his hands together and he's kind of like smiling at her and shaking his head, and she doesn't even like make eye contact with him and just walks right by him like <laughs> while the cameras are on him and everything, and he kind of just like just eats the shit and walks keeps walking. It's like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> classy classy (laughs) so so what do you think about the b story having the the uh the germaphobic podcaster that's supposed to be like alex jones of kaijus like what did you think about that whole dynamic thought it was lazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) everything just man i'm just gonna say it again everything just feels like feet being dragged it's like a dead corpse, like on the chain, the hitch of a truck being dragged down a fucking road and mm-hmm. recording like some sick Blair Witch footage. <laughs> yeah. And, and then like the, the protagonist, the, the human protagonist of the movie is Alexander Skarsgård, who's like the scientist guy who discovered Hollow Earth, which. Yeah, I like I, you, I love the treatment He's of the him brother of the person. Yeah. It discovered hollow earth this dude's done nothing wrong he's a nice guy you know like like he, he's not a villain and they treat him like a fucking retard in this movie and i'm just like man is this just it is this just what we have to deal with now like every single time oh yeah man everything i mean everything not only has to have a strong female lead but it has to be over the top non-believable and like literally in your face to the point where they say lines like i'm a strong woman and i'm here to stay so get used to it Uh, those are literal lines in literal high budget medium pieces of entertainment nowadays it is to me like cringe cancer it just induces toxic toxic chemicals in your body it is that's a good way to put it, cringe cancer. That is what it is. And that little sign language girl and her sign language mom were atrocious. Like they're talk about unlikable characters. Just so unlikable. Why do they have to make every fucking female character now super unlikable? I just don't get it. Cause they don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, or do they see it? And now then we get into Alex Jones territory. So let's uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, pivot a little bit. 
I think that the actual protagonist of this movie is King Kong, and I like that. I feel like they did a good job basically making it his movie and not the human's movie. Even though there is a lot of human stuff and most of it's cringe, I feel like they limited it to just the the right amount to where it didn't get too bad. Like, it could have been better, but they were right at the line where it was going to start to get really bad and hurt the movie, and they hit the brakes right before it got there. The movie surprised me a few times. I really thought that this was going to be a movie that had about 25% Godzilla and King Kong fighting in generic CG fights, and then 75% human drama. It ends up being more 50-50, but the human part wasn't all just dumb family drama. Like There is this whole sequence of them going to the hollow earth and going through like wormhole vortexes and like starships and fucking going to like the land before time in like crazy alien yeah, did, King Kong castles. Did he fucking evolve their tech so fast from the previous movie? Yeah. This is like anti-gravity alien ships. The, the technology level in this movie was out of left field. Like I did not see it coming. I'm so used to just like all these movies sort of just taking place in the now, whenever the now is of when it was filmed. That's sort of how these movies go. This felt like it was in the year 2200 or something, man. It was the tech they had was kind of crazy. And I'm just glad that they didn't spend a lot of the human time on dumb melodrama. Like they, they spent a sizable chunk on this hollow earth stuff, which I thought was really cool and unique and gave the movie like its own fingerprint. No doubt. It was the coolest part of the movie. In fact, the, they did the exact opposite than gave any of the melodrama time. They yeah. like it was nipped in the bud like immediately. Like, yeah. None of the characters like side characters, part of the other storylines were like there for too long. Like the daughter of the villain. She died instantly. The villain himself dies instantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mechagodzilla doesn't stay around for too long even the guy that was supposed to pilot mecha godzilla not around too long <laughs> yeah yeah that's one thing i'll give this movie credit for it did not protect the human characters like you would think it would just based off of today's sensibilities like everyone's afraid to kind of treat humans as dispensable even though they are in these types of movies they're like you said they're supposed to be ants they did a good job sort of portraying that in limited quantities. Like when King Kong grabs the fucking hot CEO daughter ship, looks at it for a second and just crushes it in his hand like a fruit. That was savage. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. It made me like King Kong just for a second, but I knew he was yeah. about to get his ass whipped by my boy Godzilla. So <laughs> I knew that moment was short lived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's one that this moment kind of, in hindsight though really makes me have to address a plot hole in this movie and that is there was all this build-up to go to antarctica to go through this portal or this what they said the way into hollow earth but when you get there it's like this fucking portal that takes you through some void of space or whatever the fuck it was and then you're in hollow earth but not 20 minutes later kong is about to like activate you know the king kong chair (laughs) and godzilla like senses it and he's like oh hell no and he uses his atomic breath to drill a hole 
all the way down to where they're at, and it almost hits him. And he like yells at him, like kind of like "fuck you, Kong." I'm uh-huh. the shit type of thing. And I just kind of I'm like, wait a minute, whoa! How can Godzilla's breath penetrate the time space continuum? They just had to go through to get down there. What like? And when <laughs> they actually had a moment where Godzilla kind of like looked down the hole and kind of they kind of insinuate, you know, <laughs> that he like he's looking directly down there, you know, he's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought there was like this void, this other dimension that was like, like this was a pocket dimension of some kind or what it just made yeah. me kind of scratch my head. Yeah. Well, like the, the, this movie does border on sci-fi because of the technology level and like this hollow earth stuff and what you're talking about with like the reverse gravity time warp continuum shit that is a huge plot hole. Like you just pointed out. I, it didn't bother me because this movie is just absurd. It's like, it It is absurd. It's almost the same. I'm treating this movie the same way. I treat one piece, the anime. When I watch one piece, one piece is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Really? Like the, the superpowers they give characters in that are just like so off the wall, out of left field, just batshit crazy that I kind of have to do like a triple suspension of disbelief compared to most things I watch. That's kind of the way I had to treat this movie because there's a lot of plot holes and it, it was just super like cartoony over the top. Like even the fights, I loved the CG fights, but there were times where I started laughing while I was watching them <laughs> because of just how cheesy they were. It was like watching a little kid play with toys. You know what I mean? Well, dude, there was, I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know like how it really works. Like I know Godzilla like has that atomic buff from the previous movie, you know, but nonetheless, there were these moments in the fight where Godzilla T-Rex arms Godzilla. Well, he, I mean, he has bigger arms and ratios eyes to got to a T-Rex, but still nonetheless, he has very small arms compared to a fucking giant ape called King Kong. All right. And there are these points in the fight where Godzilla was clearly doing more damage with his punches than King Kong was. This is crazy. Like, again, his tiny hand was hitting King Kong, and King Kong would like fucking fly back three buildings. Like, oh, damn, that lizard can punch hard. And then and he gets up, and his like gigantic ape bicep just lands a fucking hit on Godzilla. And Godzilla's like, ah, I guess I, I guess I got hit. Whatever, you know. Yeah, it seemed weird. It, it was. It I mean, was. I want Godzilla to win. It just seemed kind of lazy on their part for like the, how the fighting went down. Yeah, I was surprised that Mecha Godzilla even was in the movie. Like when you have a movie called Godzilla versus Kong, you're really expecting the movie to be Godzilla versus Kong, and it is for a good chunk. But then it ends up being like fucking uh, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi forming the Deadly Alliance against Mecha Godzilla for the end. I wasn't expecting that at all. Like it was an interesting dynamic, I think. And I really love Mecha Godzilla, and I always wanted to see him in a movie, and I didn't like. I'm glad it wasn't spoiled for me. I'm glad someone didn't be like, "Oh yeah, Mecha Godzilla's in that one." I would have been kind of pissed because I actually, when I first saw Mecha Godzilla unleashed in the testing arena with you know Stranger Things chick and Black Alex Jones and the Beta Cuck down there, I got goosebumps a little bit. I was like, "Oh fucking shit, it's Mecha Godzilla." Yeah, I mean, I. I I think it would have been cooler if they would have went with uh, just Mecha Godzilla tech 
and somebody piloting it besides them having to rely on Ghidorah's skull. That Ghidorah's skull thing was a little weird. Yeah, well, also because... <laughs> Very One Piece. Mecha King Ghidorah, you know, so it's... How are they going to... Are they still going to do that? Or is or did they just mesh the ideas together and that's it? That too, you know, the other thing was King Kong kind of got made to look like a bitch in this movie. I'm not going to... He took many L's and even the W he did get was heavily assisted by Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Heavy assist. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's kind of what my point was with King Kong being made the protagonist. I think that they did that as a way to humanize him. Like, so that you... Because you, usually you don't make a monster the protagonist of a movie because humans don't identify with those creatures, typically. So when you decide to do that, you kind of have to humanize King Kong a little bit. And I think what you're saying is the end result of that they humanized him quite a bit like the way that he just sat there on that ship and just laid in the rain where the human like with the humans comfortable in their little fucking houses on the or not houses but their cabins on the boat i'm just like sitting there like what <laughs> like no fucking way king Kong is just gonna sit there king like Kong that. can't swim he can't he can't fucking live in antarctica for more than 15 minutes apparently uh he's he's pretty weak (laughs) yeah and if it weren't for that axe the movie would have been like batman versus superman you know (laughs) (laughs) that that axe is really the only thing that uh kept him in it i think honestly what would have been really cool is if king kong got the axe and mounted godzilla like a fucking like lizard you know and like he was like fighting Mechagodzilla in the water. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like using Godzilla as a fucking atomic breath ski do kind of thing. <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe that'll be in the sequel. These are the ideas. These are the big <laughs> Hollywood sunglasses ideas, okay? Yeah. That you need to bring to the table. People pay to see this shit. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Uh, Think about this. Here's a more serious scene, right? Think about a scene where Godzilla is getting fucking just punked on, right? And tries to go dive in the ocean and get away. And Godzilla just like takes the biggest fucking breath he fucking can and just dives in and grapples fucking Godzilla as he's diving in the ocean. Godzilla's like takes him deep, deep into the deep oceans, like deep, like where that place he went to go heal in that that one movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and then they're like in the original hollow earth type place and they're doing like a battle down there. That'd be dope. Like, I mean, there's there was none of that. No, there's no there was no original. There's no like cool, actual cool fight scenes. So Mecha was- Godzilla kind of like got punked on real quick. You know, like. He didn't really. Well, it was 2v1 and he was experimental tech that had never been tested. But yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, you can make a you make a point. I feel like that Mecha Godzilla should have made his appearance a little sooner in the movie, and there should have been more to that whole fight. I feel they like they spent a little bit too much time on Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, I feel like the Godzilla, the Super Kamehameha battle between Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla should have been more pivotal. Mm-hmm. You know, like that should have been like on the level of Teen Gohan versus Cell type shit. But they yeah. like. Turned it into a one-off little blow. Yeah. 
I mean, overall, though, I really did like the fighting in this movie. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was enjoyable. And it's nice that the the tech has finally caught up with this genre because even even with like the '90s or two thousand Godzilla two thousand with Matthew Broderick, like it was still like you could tell they had to cut a lot of corners. They had to shoot things in a certain way to not expose their lack of budget and the lack of CG available at the time. It feels like we've finally gotten to the place where CG is good enough to really do this type of shit justice. Like we're right at the very beginning of that. Yeah. I mean, it just really depends on like what generation you are, you know, and what level of, how how do you put it that uncanny valley effect you know like how comfortable you are with the valley if you will <laughs> as you get older because to us i mean it applies to everyone but depending on what age you are you're kind of on that scale in a different place you know you get what i'm saying on like what you deem to be cutting edge and believable or whatever like you know, like even old folks, you know, where the vis- the zipper was clearly visible, you know, mm-hmm. they suspended the disbelief back then. It was good to them. But then our parents came along and they're like, that's cheesy as fuck, you know, and then they made something and then we came along and we're just like, that's cheesy as fuck. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I still think practical is better for most things if you can do it and get away with it. That's why the original Jurassic Park is still better than the new ones being made now, which is really For weird. Sure. Like the Sometimes dinosaurs, in, the dinosaurs in the original Jurassic Park are literally more believable than the CG ones you see with Chris Pratt, and that is a crazy accomplishment if you think about it. I don't know. The last one they did, they used some practical effects, and they were pretty good. The uh, Jurassic Park World, yeah, some of the dinosaur inside the. No, not all of them by a long shot, but they had that scene where the people they were trapped in that crate. Yeah. With that tranquilized. That was a practical effect, wasn't it? I I'm think so. I'm damn sure that was. I think it was, yeah. I it, it it's not I'm not saying that it looks bad or anything. Like yeah. I think that these are good. Like the I don't think the new Jurassic Park movies are that great, but I think the CG is decent for the dinosaurs. It's just that what you it's crazy that you can compare it to something that came out twenty years ago. And it actually looks more believable. Like when you see that T-Rex in the original Jurassic Park and that nighttime rain scene with fucking. uh, It's just there's something about an original idea. It was an original idea with love and soul and energy. But like (laughs) I'm talking like on a modern I'm not talking like rose tinted goggles of memories of my past i've rewatched the original jurassic park in high def blu-ray and it still looks real it looks more real than 99 percent of cg and it's just it's crazy how we've just moved so far away from that I, I think we really need to mix it up like it needs to be 50 50 practical and cg with these types of monster movies i think we need to get back sure. to that somehow Definitely. You like I just watched Waterworld recently, right? Mm. All practical effects. Oh yeah. It's cheesy as fuck, but they have pe- real stunt uh, people like diving like s- almost 6 feet deep with uh those stand-up ski doos. I forget what they're called. But like <laughs> the ones that have the movable handlebar like yeah. st- like st- driving stem. Those they were like 
real people going off of jumps, diving into the ocean, and they had ca- real cameramen down there capturing the shots, multiple scenes, like some real high budget action shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. They don't know it. Yeah. You just don't, you don't see stuff like that anymore. No, you do not. Wire World was a terrible movie. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not using it as an example. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Costner had a few movies that people really didn't like. Uh, there's another one called The Postman. Did you ever see that one? Uh, for sure. That came after Waterworld. People said Waterworld uh, ruined his career. Yeah. It, it kind of did if you look at his IMDb. If you go post and pre-Waterworld. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to argue it didn't. I remember growing up as a kid too. It was just like this is a dope movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, rest in peace Dennis Hopper. You were the true star of that movie. <laughs> he really was. He was like the star in every movie he was ever in, man. He stole he the was. show. He's one of those he actors did. that stole it. Remember Mario or Super Mario yeah, Bros? man. He's the best part of that movie, man. <laughs> it was it definitely wasn't John Leguizamo. <laughs> oh god. I don't understand. John Leguizamo like one of those guys that you're just like, how did you survive as long as you did in Hollywood? Like you should have got chewed and spit out early on. I don't I don't get it with him. I loved his movie Pe- The Pest. <laughs> that was about it though. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. At least that was like as definitely his best movie. I don't know if I'd say I like it, but it's definitely his best movie. Didn't he play the clown in Spawn? Oh God, you're right. He did. That was his best movie. That probably was his best. Yeah, movie. <laughs> I forgot that was him. He was legit good in that. Is that fat demon guy? Oh God, the new the new Spawn remake is. How that, are you about it, I think I think the I think the best thing next they could do for this series is collab do a collab as the kids say do a Godzilla or King Kong Godzilla or whatever however you want to say it X Pacific Rim I think it'd be dope because the next thing I mean they kind Charlie. of they kind of went through all the monsters already. The gambit's already complete. Well, yeah, the intro, the, like that part of the intro I was talking about early on, like that literally was like, well, this is it, guys. We killed everyone else off screen. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, it's. Your next thing you gotta do is giant fighting robots. I mean, yeah. that's where it lands. And I'm all about that. Mm. I'm all about that. I, I would pay good money to see some some pacific rim robots fighting you know godzilla or why not make it a triple mashup do do pacific rim uh king of monsters and power rangers bring all bring all three together dude first of all i just want a continuation of that last power rangers movie that was solid (laughs) brian cranston and zordon that was i was legit yeah actually those types of movies with like like the kid movies, basically. I usually don't like them. I thought that was a legit, that Power Rangers movie was legit. Well, that seemed like a Power Rangers movie that wasn't trying to 
play to kids. No, it seemed it seemed like a Power Rangers movie that was actually trying to get the attention of people that actually watched Power Rangers. Yep, <laughs> you know, like the kids that grew up when it was a successful series. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> oh, dude! Like, I got goosebumps during the Goldar uh, fight in that movie. Like, that was fucking sick. What did you say? The the Goldar fight in the Power Rangers movie. Like oh. that fight scene with Goldar gave me goosebumps. That was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty dope. <laughs> I thought it, that movie was just a lot more darker than you'd expect. Like when the Blue Ranger dies for a minute, he's <laughs> like, whoa. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, all that being said, broadcaster. Spoilers. <laughs> He just dies for a second, just for a second. <laughs> As you know, Broadcaster Nichols, here on the Crack Seller Podcast, we have a little segment called The Hit, The Miss, and The Whiff. What is your hit? Um, I mean, the hit clearly is making Godzilla the winner. I mean, it's <laughs> the right move. It's the only move. And, I mean... <laughs> it's probably the one thing I could say they absolutely 100% got right with this movie. So, mm. good on them. I mean, if they want to make Kong, that guy's like, he got nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I just need some... <laughs> Kong has fucking nothing on Godzilla. His name might be King Kong, but Godzilla's title is the king of all monsters. All right, so he, Kong can be king of his fucking island, but Godzilla can swim. Already dunking on Kong. All right, so without the the help of humans, like almost every level, he got nothing. And they addressed that. They addressed mm-hmm. that perfectly. And they also displayed Kong's emotions, his number one weakness that Godzilla pried open. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the death stares. Uh, that's my hit, are the death stares from Godzilla. Godzilla has a few death stares in this movie that it will give you, it'll make your blood curdle a little bit. They get like real close up on his face and he gives like this sort of demonic smile. Yeah, I, that was actually probably one of the one things I didn't like. The oh, really? Smile from Godzilla. I was like, that's a little bit much. Like, I, Godzilla doesn't like because again, I don't like seeing emotions, and that's like kind of a human emotion. They're trying to like actually put these very human emotions on these gigantic beasts. It just seems out of yeah. It seems weird. <laughs> well. Like when Godzilla smiled like that through the flames, that was really, it was funny, but it was really weird and not natural for Godzilla. <laughs> I don't think Godzilla ever done anything like that. No, he didn't. And that's why I liked it. It was just out of left. Like this whole movie is out of left field. And that was one of the many things that was out of left field. It, yeah. I don't know. It, it's like, I He's feel like, like get I dunked sh- on you sign language, bitch. <laughs> there's a lot. Exactly. There's a lot of things in this movie where I feel like I should not like it, but I like it for some reason. I can't quite explain it in that Godzilla smiling shit. Not even he doesn't really smile. He just he does these like death stares where it kind of looks like a smile in the same way that a dog looks like it's smiling at you, but it really isn't. That's sort of the way I looked at the Godzilla death stares. It's like it looks kind of like he's smiling, but I think it's more just like. A demonic death stare. And I, I really liked it. But that being said, Broadcaster Nichols, what is your miss? 
I mean, there's a lot of misses. Um, I think the main miss. I mean, eh, what's worse? I think probably killing Mecha Godzilla so quickly. Mm-hmm. I think there should have been like a part two battle, you know, like a prototype testing battle, you know, that collected some data, you know, and then there was stage two Mecha Godzilla where King Kong and Godzilla finally team up to fight it, you know. It just could have been more well done and overall kind of a waste of a really, really cool and fan favorite uh, asset of the of the franchise. Hmm. it's kind of like it, it you know the way they did it it doesn't lend credence to the idea that it will be around again either because they already had kind of an original story on how mecha godzilla is introduced and then comes back as an actual good guy and mecha Ghidorah, and they kind of quashed all that with this new movie so yeah, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a big letdown. Kind of just like, oh wow, this is it. That's lame. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, kind of. I agree. I I really liked Mechagodzilla in the movie. I do agree that they could have given him another another scene, another fight scene. It didn't just have to be the one. I think they could have done, like you said, like a test fight. And that's kind of what the B plot Stranger Things girl part was where they showed like the testing where they were down there in the test area and he just destroys some low level Titan. Like they, instead of that, that. instead of that, we should have seen a full fledged fight. And then like what you're talking about, but I overall, I still liked it, but that does lead into my miss, which is the entire Stranger Things girl B plot. (laughs) It, I, I applaud them for limiting it as much as they did, but I think that they could have limited it more. I don't understand why she was really even in the movie. I think you could have cut that whole B plot out and instead inserted more fights and more Mecha Godzilla overall. And it would have been a much better movie. The, the whole germaphobic podcaster thing felt really like gilding the lily. Like, why does everything have to have a podcaster now? Have you noticed that? Like, it's one of those things that's going to age like milk in these movies is like putting podcaster and all these like current buzzwords and buzz terms in these movies. It's like 20, it's just like, it's like parents trying to listen to rap, you know, it's just, it's one (laughs) of those, it's those things, you know, like I'm hip. There's podcasters in this movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm in the know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and that, that whole scene early on with the, the podcaster infiltrating the facility the way he did that set up that whole B-plot <laughs> was so ridiculous. It was just dumb and unbelievable. I'm just going to carelessly fucking roll the dice with all these guards. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm just give them a bold lie. And then it just some faded circumstance happens that allows them to get through. <laughs> Yeah. That happens like three times. Yeah, where he runs into guards, <laughs> and then some something happens that allows him to not get shot where they stand. <laughs> yeah. All that being said, broadcaster Nichols, what is your whiff? 
Probably uh, Godzilla not drowning Kong in the first fight, right where that was at him. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a short no. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whiff was probably just not focusing on the coolest assets. And, you know, the main example is like Hollow Earth. And like my miss with God, Mecha Godzilla, but nonetheless, they just they focused on melodrama shit with humans. Godzilla sitting on a boat and being sad and doing sign language with a girl, while the other humans fucking have this epiphany. They're like, "Holy shit, Godzilla knows sign language." Well, he's a fucking ape with a brain like. <sighs> 20 times the size of you okay so <laughs> no yeah. shit it's it just there's weird things that they waste their fucking time on and yeah. even some of the battles like the first battle with him and godzilla could have been way it could have been way better and just i think overall they should have leaned in on hollow earth more like i think it would have been cooler if godzilla godzilla and kong had a fight scene down in hollow earth or maybe they elaborated on what that seat was and why those axes were down there and why his whole race was extinct. Like if that's their idea of extending the universe, if that's what the next movie is going to go down, the origin of Kong or something like that. Good fucking luck. You know, no, like no one wants that shit. You, you explain it in a more esoteric way, you know, like maybe Kong touches that chair and he has a vision of when all these Jakongs were roaming the hollow earth lands, you know, and the, that's the way to tell the audience, you know, but they didn't do any of that. It's kind of gave you these lackluster like moments where they don't lackluster moments that contradict other moments in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I agree. The, the hollow earth, was like the cool one of the coolest parts of the movie, and I liked everything that happened down there. I really liked the part where uh King Kong took down one of those dinosaur titan, whatever you want to call him, ripped its head off, and then started drinking its blood from its head. Yeah. That was dude, there's <laughs> some dope. savage <laughs> moments in this movie, and that is that is my favorite of the savage moments. Definitely should have been more of that. (laughs) Yeah, and then also that the the hot CEO's daughter also gets crushed by King Kong down there. Like, there's some savage shit that goes down there. Like, there's some good stuff that goes on down there. It just wasn't long enough. Like, they should have, like you said, devoted more time to it. And they could have done that at the expense of the Stranger Things girl B plot, which we just talked about not really needing. But but on but really think about why they went down there. It was never actually explained it was just lead kong down there on the idea that he'll discover something that energy source that will now somehow mm-hmm. power mecha godzilla you know it's all of it was like just by happenstance and none uh-huh. of it was actually explained to any degree you know like nope. what the power was why the chair for godzilla was there why was the axe there why did the axes fit in the holes why why did godzilla know because i wasn't even connected to king Ghidorah's head right because the whole premise of godzilla even being active is that he knew king Ghidorah's head was being used somehow in that lab and he was coming after it to destroy it mm-hmm. how does he know that they're down there in hollow earth and Godzilla is next to his like ancestors chair and he's activating some power chair ring thingy, my Bob, you know, it's just <laughs> none of it is actually ever 
even slightly explained. And then they, at the end of the movie, because Godzilla hits the axe with his atomic breath, they imply that Godzilla's energy is that energy at Hollow Earth, and that there's some connection there. Mm-hmm. Again, never explained even well, they, slightly. They <laughs> they do show a baby Godzilla down there. I don't know if you caught that or not, but there's like a brief moment where they're flying in their spaceships down in the Hollow Earth, where you see a baby Godzilla. What? Yeah. It's very I, it's very fast. It's only on screen for like two seconds, I feel like. Maybe three seconds. But they fly by a baby Godzilla. Are you talking about like the giant Komodo dragon? I'm talking about the baby Godzilla. It looked exactly like a Godzilla, but a baby. I don't know what? What, what official explanation it would have. Or if that's like some thing known in the MonsterVerse by like the nerds of the genre. But... I definitely noticed a baby Godzilla down there, which to me means that they're trying to say that all of the Titans are from the hollow earth. Like they all come from there, not just King Kong. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. That's definitely a thing. Yeah. I didn't spot that at all, but that does lead into my whiff, which overall is plot holes but specifically it's the hollow earth plot holes you already brought up the one with godzilla shooting down the the laser beam and that whole thing that was a big plot hole the one that bothered me the most and this is truly my whiff of this movie is what you actually were just talking about with the whole we're gonna send godzilla down he's gonna discover something and it's gonna power our thing and blah 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 that was loosey-goosey as fuck the way they super <laughs> set that up by itself. But the thing that really pissed me off about it was that once they got down there and they took a sample of it with the robot spider, all of a the sudden they're like, oh, we just have to send telemetry now and they have it. Yep. What? <laughs> what? They could somehow mock the fucking energy. Are you, are you trying to tell me that they have 3D printers that they can just send some like bits of code that a uh, spider scans of an object and they can just create a super power fusion material out of thin air up there on the top of the planet? Like That was bafflingly bad the way that they wrote that. That was, in my mind, a huge plot hole that they just decided they weren't going to fix. And they're just like, well, we'll kind of just gloss over it and just be like oh well like they they insert the scene right after where he's like they they got the sample okay activate it and i'm just in and they, they, they act like it's just normal that they're just gonna synthesize it immediately and just activate it and i'm just like what the fuck are you smoking there's no way <sighs> yeah the movie is just not kind of reminds me of uh a kid's idea being explained to a parent, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, so what's going to happen is, is, uh, uh, Kong is, is going to be trapped in a dome and he's mad. And he's mad. And so <laughs> they're going to transport him. And then Godzilla is going to like detect that. Right. And he's going to fire him. And then he's going to like win. And everyone's going to be like, Oh, poor Kong, you know? And then like, they're going to take a man. And he's going to be like, sad. They're going to be like, we didn't expect this to happen. Poor ape. And like, they're going to coax him down there and there's going to be an energy. And, and that powers the Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's just like, it's all so convoluted and fucking yeah. cheap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, 
I'm I'm just not buying the fact that you can have like some ancient alien power source technological thing that you can just scan with a goddamn computer for 30 seconds, send it up through the hollow earth that apparently has like a time vortex around it, but you can just send signals right up instantly through it like okay and then you can Only just on the way in, not the way out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of the plot holes in this movie I can forgive because of the nature of the movie, but some of them really rubbed me the wrong way. And that hollow earth power source one just, I, I couldn't I just, get over it. I don't know why they emphasized the, emphasize the entrance to hollow earth the way they did. They didn't have to. And yeah. then just let it go. Like that was it. Like The way they displayed that you're just like, whoa, they went to like a different universe or like time and space. And like, the way out's going to be crazy or something, right? And no, nope. It's like they ran out of money and they forgot to fix it. Like, there's, didn't we shoot it differently early on? Ah, forget about that. We're done. We're wrapped. Just have them go out the whole Godzilla made. Yeah. Well, broadcaster Nichols, as you know, here on the Crackseller podcast, we use the official patented Nick Cage rating system. On that system, broadcaster Nichols, what do you rate Godzilla versus Kong? I'm going to give it a rock. Mm. I feel like I've been given a lot of these rocks. I could give it a wicker, man. They're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I definitely got to give it a rock, too. Uh, it's it's good, but not great. It It's very much in like that sort of middle ground but because most of these movies are bad because this one isn't bad it kind of gives you an artificial boost and how you want to rate it i feel you though that like a couple things go a little differently this could have been easily been a wicker man very easily <laughs> and with that we will close out could you imagine a Nicolas Cage voiceover of King Kong. <laughs> Our Godzilla. <laughs> Maybe that's like, what the face-off sequel will be. <laughs> it's just like, we live in a world where a giant lizard named Godzilla. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be able to take it seriously. <laughs>